Welcome to Chit Chat Chai's podcast, where we chit chat with health experts, educators, and people whose work informs and inspires a holistic approach to living. We chat on topics related to individual, environmental, and preventative health. So grab a cup of chai and join us for conversations connected to the wisdom of Ayurveda. In today's episode, I interview Jeremy Frindle, who is the director of the new documentary, The Doctor from India, and he also produced and directed One Track Heart, The Story of Krishna Das. His new film, which we discussed today, is about Dr. Vasant Lad, who was an amazing healer, teacher, doctor, a beautiful spiritual human who brought Ayurveda from India to the West in the late 1970s. I was able to get an early viewing of this film, and Jeremy poetically documents the life and journey of a teacher I admire and respect immensely. In my conversation with Jeremy, we talk about how this film came about, some behind-the-scenes stories about Dr. Ladd, and other fun tidbits. And for anyone who's interested in Ayurveda, yoga, meditation, spirituality, or is familiar with Dr. Ladd, I highly recommend seeing and supporting this film about a human who walks the walk and talks the talk. If you're not familiar with Dr. Ladd, I think you'll appreciate his story and have a deeper understanding about Ayurveda through his life's work. I hope you enjoy the next 40 minutes of my conversation with Jeremy. Thank you. Hi, Jeremy. I am so excited to be uh, talking with you today. Thanks for taking the time. I thought we could uh, just jump right into the questions and, you know, I'd love to hear how this film came about. you know, how were you introduced to Dr. Ladd? Were you a student of Ayurveda? I knew pretty much zero about Ayurveda going in. Um, I was, through a series of circumstances, brought to um, a retreat, series of teachings that Dr. Ladd was giving at uh, the Ananda Ashram, which is in upstate New York, not too far from where I live. Mm-hmm. And didn't I knew a little bit about Dr. Lod. What I knew going into that was one that a friend of mine who had been incredibly sick, who was a very strong person and was just couldn't for years couldn't figure out what was going on um, in and out of hospitals and doctors, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with her. Saw Dr. Lod. Um, he read her pulse, gave her a few herbs, and told her to change some things in her diet. And within two weeks, what doctors couldn't figure out for years uh he cleared up and she's been fine and the problem hasn't re-arisen since so that made a pretty strong impression on me yeah. uh and before that years earlier a friend of mine told me about how she was going to india to study with this man named vasan lahad and how he spent half of his year in india treating villagers for free and giving them free medicine and that she was going to learn with him and help him in that, um, which I thought was incredible. And uh, she came back glowing from the experience. So those are the only two things I knew about him, um, which both, you know, like had me pretty intrigued. But I hadn't, I I was mostly unfamiliar. So I went to this retreat. I was kind of tired of going and listening to sort of quote-unquote yoga teachers. I'd spent years Kind of here and here and uh, on the circuit, I studied for a long time with Dharma Mitra and traveling with Krishna Das. 
I felt kind of like I'd heard it, heard it all, and was a little bit fatigued of the whole, the whole routine. Um, and then I walked in the room with Dr. Lott and was just totally blown away. Um, he just moved me and right instantly. Uh, and for the week I was just pretty much transfixed with him. I was lucky and was able to get a sort of private consultation with him where he read my chart and, uh, my Jyotish, the Vedic astrology chart and, it was just a really powerful experience for me. And I was n- normally when I'm anywhere, the thought of making a film, I'm always looking for stories and films and, you know, I'm at the grocery store and I get an idea for a film. It's just like, they, I kind of sweat these ideas and somehow it didn't cross my mind at all to make a film about Dr. Lod uh, until the very final puja closing ceremony of the, the week. I was this man came and sat next to me named Sartaj and we started talking and we really hit it off. And somehow in the conversation with him, it just sort of came through like, Oh, you need to make a film about Dr. Lod. After hearing Dr. Lod telling the stories about his life and uh, just the depth of wisdom. And I was incredibly intrigued by him. It felt like I wanted to know more about him. And I felt like there was something really meaningful to share by exploring his life and trying to bring it through in a film. Sartaj knew about the film that I had made about Krishna Das and Sartaj also knew Dr. Lot. So within a couple of months, Sartaj had called Dr. Lot, asked him about us making the film and sent him the film I made about Krishna Das. Dr. Lot agreed. He felt like it would be a nice way to share his life's work. And uh, a couple months later, I had a camera and I was traveling in India with Dr. Lod and be- had begun filming. Wow, that's that's am- that's amazing. I mean, I feel like that's such a blessing, you know, because Dr. Lod is such a private person. Um, you know, having taken two intensives with him and you know talking to some of his regular students at the Ayurvedic Institute in in New Mexico even the people who work with him day in and day out, like he doesn't let a lot of people into his private life. Um, And so that was one of the, I think that's one of the gifts of the film is you already know as a student, you kind of already know about that he lives the life he's talking about. You know, I mean, you see that in every, every sense of his movement and his being, but then to go in and see his personal space and just, it just gives you this whole other level of, insight and you I mean you were in his bedroom in India so how did that you know I mean I was like oh my god I can't how did that happen how did you you know how did you build up that trust with him how long did first of all how long did it take you like when when did you when did you actually first go to India I should have that year down in my my mind but I don't it was um maybe it was 2000 13 or 14 something like that um it was a while ago yeah Yeah. um he is private and it was interesting for me as I got to one it was a definitely a process of building trust um you know I think this was kind of the same thing with Krishnadas where the first six months or so that I filmed I don't think barely any of it ended up in the film it's almost just like a process of me getting to know him this you know the the subject uh and just building a rapport me learning more about the world and where i want to focus my attention and um 
and just really building a relationship and a trust so that there's a certain invisibility that can start to grow with the camera um, that they can just, I, I sort of fade into the, 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 the just general atmosphere of what's going on. And you start to forget to some extent that there's a camera recording you uh, to whatever extent I can create that environment. That's, definitely something I'm trying to cultivate um, and with Dr. Lott it was it was like a bit of a process of just you know building um, that I don't know if it's so much definitely trust is a part of it but just like a general comfort level mm-hmm. uh, I think part of why I maybe he opened up to me in a different way than he does with his students often is because I wasn't a student mm-hmm. um, I was coming in from a bit of a different angle um, I think there's a different expectation in the teacher-student relationship. Yeah, that's a good. So one. I think I was maybe coming in like on a bit of a side door that uh, just created a different opening there. I was I found it really interesting getting to know his students over the years of being around and filming. People, students who'd studied with him for years that knew so little about his his personal life, yeah. from the story of his his sort of love story with his wife Usha to some sort of like key details of how he became who he is, uh, things that to me were like sort of foundation parts of his story that very few people knew, uh, which I found fascinating that people who'd kind of given up their lives to study with him, uh, they know the experience of him, but knew so little of the story. So for me, it's really exciting to be able to to share that because the story is really profound and I think very moving um, and so few people know it which yeah. I kind of sensed that a little bit when I just you know I, I I'd spent many years traveling around meeting all kinds of different yoga teachers and sort of spiritual teachers and while Dr. Lott is very you know successful and well-known and in the world of Ayurveda he's you know a legend he's not all that well-known in the larger Fear of the like sort of pantheon of spiritual teachers, and to me, he's so profound, and the, the breadth of his wisdom is incredible. Uh, he feels a bit like a hidden gem, um, which is part of what I think is so exciting for me to be able to share him in this way. Yeah, because I... people who I think will love him know very little about him. I knew much more about Robert Svoboda going into making this film than I did about Dr. Lod. Uh, so to me, it was a beautiful process of discovering Dr. Lod and all of the the sort of fascinating pieces that brought him where he is and the way he really quietly ushered Ayurveda into the rest of the world outside of India. It, that brings me to two points. One is I don't want to give away too much of the story because I think one of the things that I enjoyed so much is exactly I didn't know about his personal life. So as that unraveled in the film, it just, it was amazing to experience that, you know? So I don't want to talk too much about it, but I do want to say like one of the things was like, Dr. Ladd's a little bit of a rebel, you know? I didn't I didn't realize that. I ne- You would never think someone who is so um, focused on traditional, the you know, the traditional aspect of Ayurveda, you know, knowing a little bit about his life, I was like, oh, he's got a little bit of rebel in him. And it was, it brought this whole new light to me about him. And it, and it makes sense. You know, it makes so much sense um, to see that, that side of his spirit. 
but absolutely. I and I think that's sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> excited I'm I think that's something that people don't know about him and that yeah you're right absolutely right it's not readily apparent he doesn't doesn't wear it so obviously but I mean one the pro like even just bringing Ayurveda to the U.S. and coming here when nobody knew anything about it to teach that's a that's a pretty badass rebel move yeah. let alone I think I know the other things you're talking about of the story <laughs> with Usha and some other some other aspects that I agree are, are fun to unfold in the film um, but yeah, he's he's definitely a a rebel and an unexpected one because he 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 doesn't wear it <laughs> obviously yeah. at all. He doesn't wear it at all. And and the other part is like when you're talking about that a lot of people aren't really familiar with him, and that's one of the things I found very interesting about the film is kind of the subplot that you have going on, you know, with Deepak Chopra. And um, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Was that something that you discovered in the process of making the film was it did it come in the editing process like how did that how did that story come about that was something that i learned right away when i first was kind of doing my research as we were first approaching dr lod and starting the conversation i was digging around reading and learning everything i could about him and seeing what what the stories were on on the internet and that was one i had come across was the sort of intersection with deepak chopra and dr lad and uh maharishi in the early 80s where it was this you know very fascinating opportunity of uh, that dr lad passed on um that deepak then picked up that you just kind of have to wonder how differently things could have been for both of those men if Dr. Lott had made a different decision and how poetic and perfect it is, the choices that each of them made. Yeah, um, I agree. Because I hadn't yeah. heard about Dr. Lott. I had never heard about Dr. Lott until much later. I started my journey with Ayurveda in, like my formal journey with Ayurveda in 2009. And I went to school here in the Bay Area down in Fremont at Kerala, um, the Kerala Academy, which is now in Milpitas. And, you know, so one of my teachers there was part of the Maharishi uh, group, Dr. Suhas, and he was one of my main teachers there. So I had kind of was more familiar with that world. You know, I, I of course heard about Deepak Chopra much earlier. And then through that, I had started hearing about Dr. Ladd, of course, because the books and everything. And then I finally had an opportunity to go to, you know, um, Santa Fe, or not Santa Fe, sorry, Albuquerque and study with him. But before that, I had watched his videos for hours and hours. You know, there's like such a large library of um, his work. And, and it was incredible because to me, he reminded me of my grandfather and my grandmother in a way of like in our family, we would sit down a lot of the times and, you know, have these spiritual conversations or kind of what people might consider woo-woo. And I want to get to that part of the film a little bit too. And, you know, and I would just sit there from a very young child, just sit on my, you know, grandmother's lap or had my head on her lap and listen to that. And when I first started hearing Dr. Ladd, that's what Dr. Ladd reminded me of. And I was like, wow, this is what I've been missing from the side of Ayurveda that I was formally learning. And, um, 
And I just think it's, you know, he's such, I'm, I'm just so happy you made this film because I think this is the side of Ayurveda that people need to see more and understand that it's not just about taking baths and it's not just about self-care and it's not, you know, it's this profound medical system that's larger. I mean, it's an environmental science. It's, it's so many things. And, and, um, and, and Dr. Ladd kind of keeping to the traditional aspect of it as Deepak Chopra says, and Deepak kind of having a different approach, you know, they're coming from two different angles, but they're, you know, they're both successful in their own right. I'm just so grateful for Dr. Ladd. And it's, it's just beautiful to see that, especially as we grow, Ayurveda grows here, as yoga grows here, as meditation grows in the United States, to have these two parallel stories and these two different approaches and how that, and what that says. And I'm glad that you went there with the film. In terms of the the more esoteric elements, is that well? In terms of some of the stuff with the Maharishi, you know, what kind of oh happened. yeah, 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 and how Doctor Ladd, and it was also really interesting to see Doctor Ladd's response to it compared to, and I can't believe his his name is escaping me, but um, Doctor Ladd, Len Blank, yeah, you know, and yeah. I just love how you put that story <clears throat> together and how you showed the different personalities and the different perspectives and. You know, it really just kind of shows Dr. It even shows Dr. Ladd's spirit even more, you know, in this, in this kind of, this, um, in, in that part of the story that I, you know, I don't want to say too much, but. Yeah, no, I, I understand. And it, it was definitely a delicate scene to edit um, because you don't want to like, it was a delicate scene to edit, but I, I think that it comes through respectfully and you see just the different elements and. Um, it's a, I find it a very fascinating moment. And uh, yeah, I, I also, it's, it's hard not to talk about it. It's hard to talk about it without talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to talk about, you know, the, some of, kind of the, some of the woo-woo stuff, but people might use that word woo-woo, like it's kind of the spiritual stuff. Talk to me about that and then why you decided to keep it in the film. And, you know, um, how do you think audiences are going to perceive that? I mean, there was, I had a variety of thoughts of how to approach the like more esoteric or woo-woo, so to speak, kind yeah. of elements. Um, and one approach would be to kind of keep them out so that it doesn't alienate a certain audience. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things that was really fascinating to me from my own experience right away with Dr. Lod one of the, the first time I met Dr. Ladd, he uh, told me that I should get a white sapphire stone and a gold setting to wear on my right index finger. Um, I didn't know anything about crystals. I never wear jewelry. I don't think I'd ever had my astrology chart read in any real significant way before. It was all stuff that I had pretty much zero interest in. Uh, as soon as he suggest, like as soon as the opportunity came for him to read my chart, I was instantly intrigued. Mm -hmm. After seeing him speak and just getting the the feel of him, I didn't feel like this is somebody who's into into hogwash. Um, and as soon as he told me to wear this ring, I felt like the ghost of it on my finger, like it was missing. It was like a very tangible sensation. Wow. So within a very short amount of time 
he had expanded my possibility of like, all right, maybe there's something to this stuff that I'd always kind of dismissed. Yeah. And then being around his students, I, I saw that same kind of thing with so many people that he has this, his deep belief expands the possibilities, expands the idea of what's possible for people around him. So when he, you know, decides that there's something really powerful to wearing these gemstones and you see his hands beautifully like blinged out and all of these rings. I think for people, it's like, all right, like some people are probably dismiss it and not be open. But for me, I, I found it very intriguing. Uh, and my part of how I see my job as a filmmaker and what, you know, I'm trying to do is not, is to to give the experience of this person as clearly and potently as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be a, a, an element of interpretation where uh, it's coming through my particular lens. I'm making all of these choices of where to point the camera and what to include and what to cut out. But it, it's all coming through this intention of really presenting the experience of him as uh, uh, potently and clearly as I can. Mm-hmm. So a big part of that to him is there's his idea of how the world works is a lot. There's a, there's pieces that don't fit into necessarily the typical me- mechanical Western scientific belief. And I think that's important. And it felt important to share that and portray that as non- uh, as unobtrusively as possible. Um, so I try not to draw too much attention to it while also not, uh, you know, shying away from it to just like you see him at one moment in the film telling, helping somebody pick out a stone and it just kind of happens in the flow of this other stuff that's happening, which is how it feels around him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and the, the, clinic that he has in India where he goes um, you know every night first of all the schedule that man keeps is unbelievable he just wore me out trying to chase him around he starts at seven in the morning and finishes at 10 at night and doesn't really stop and he kind of runs that way throughout most of the year but anyway he does this clinic from I think it's six to nine p.m. every night and uh, you never know who's gonna roll in and people are coming in with different things and families and the the, the gem guy comes through and starts giving people rings and, you know, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a fun, wild atmosphere that happens in the moment when the, the woman is having, is asking Dr. Lott about which stone, it's just kind of in the flow of, of a typical night there. So it uh, felt like a nice way to kind of just introduce it without dwelling on it or talking about it or trying to explain it. Because as soon as I would, even think about trying to explain a lot of these things. It's beyond the scope of the film by far. So it just kind of, you see it moving through his reality with how I was trying to weave it, weave, weave that stuff in. And then did you, did you end up getting a white sapphire? Do you mind me asking? I do. I have it. I've been wearing it for several years now. <laughs> I tried to get it in New York and went to, uh, probably 15 different jewelry shops and Indian jewelry shops in Jackson Heights uh-huh. and 
two of them had any idea what I was talking about. And one told me they could give me one for $30. And another one told me they could give me one for $2,000. Oh my God. <laughs> so I realized that I was, I had no, I had no idea what I was doing and $30 didn't seem right. And $2,000 didn't seem right. So when I got to India was filming with Dr. Lod for the first time, I told him, you know, he suggested I get this when I first met you and I couldn't figure out how to do it in New York. So he sets me up, has the guy come and get it in New York. He picks out the stone for me and uh, was a days later, I was walking through the city with him and he said, did you ever pick up your ring? And they had told me to come back on Sunday night at 6 p.m. To, to pick up the ring. And we'd spent the day together and been all over the place. And I hadn't told them anything about when they told me to pick it up or anything. And I had no idea where in Puno we were. And he, he, he did, did, did you ever pick up your ring? I said, you know, is it almost finished? I said, oh. And I looked at the clock and it was like 6.02. And it was Sunday night. It was like the moment that I was supposed to pick it up. I said, actually, I, they told me to be ready right now. I said, oh, beautiful. And we were right in front of the jewelry shop at that moment. Oh, my God. Um, it was one of those kind of like magical moments that tend to happen with him. Yeah. Yeah, it was it that I liked. I, I had heard about the amount of work he does and when he goes to India. But I to see it, you know, on film, it it is in a lot. It, it's a lot of hours and the service he provides. I mean, he truly lives his life this way and you can see it in all aspects. You know, it's not about. It's not about money for him. It's not about fame. It's just about healing. And um, it really comes through in the film. And it's, it's so lovely to see that. And I'm so excited for people to see this aspect of it, you know? Yeah, it's incredible to me. I mean, he's the one, just how humbly he goes about doing the work that he's doing. Uh, you know, the first scene of the film, you see him coming into his, his clinic at night. And you drive by other, and maybe I should have included this in the film in some way just to show the contrast for people who don't understand, but you go by a typical Ayurveda place in India, and often like there's a big neon photo of the doctor out front and a whole thing. <laughs> Dr. Laz is this old, funky sign up these narrow stairs. You see him setting up the whole thing and running it by himself. So humble. And everything he's doing in the evening clinic is by donation. In the morning clinic where people come, he's treating them all for free and giving them all free medicine. And these are villagers who don't have much access to medical care. Uh, and this is what he calls his vacation. You know, he yeah. spends half the year in India. It's sort of on vacation where he works, you know, from he leaves his house, I think it's seven or eight in the morning and gets home about 10 at night, yeah. working the whole day, teaching, treating people. And he's continually trying to expand the offerings of what's available there and he'll spend more time teaching in India. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, there were several times he kind of had to like put me to bed and take a nap because I was just worn out and he was still going, man, <laughs> you know, twice my age. <laughs> Very humbling for me. Yeah. And for, it's like, we use the word work, but for him, it's like Seva, you know, it's just service. It's like, that's what you do. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, it's, and when he picked up the phone, I was so surprised. Like, I love that you put that in the film, you know? I mean, it's, it's so different than the experience that you get here when you go to Albuquerque. I mean, it's, it's just not feasible to do, you know, it's two different worlds to do what he does in India to do it here. But I love that he picked up the phone. I, I just was like, oh my God, Dr. Lutz, you know, like it was just, so <laughs> there was another Indian in the film 
where you are in his house and he's going to have a cup of, I think he's like, you're walking in the dark and you know, he's opening the lights to every room. And there was this cute moment. That's just like really sweet moment where he looks at you almost. And it's almost like he's looking out for you too. And you know, he, I just thought that was so sweet. It's like, here you are making a film about him and he still has your back and is like telling you to come. Like it was almost like he was saying, come, you know, it's okay to come. Or I don't know what he was saying, but I just thought it was, I just thought it was so sweet. Oh yeah, he was so sweet with us the whole time and the process of making it, it was, it was incredible. Um, yeah, and I loved that moment too. Or, I mean, one of my favorite things was having tea with him at his home and driving around and talking to him for hours in the car, you know. <laughs> it was, um, How many hours of footage he, did you end up having? Oh God, I couldn't even begin to calculate <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Do you think that yeah, was, was it hard? Like, was there something, what, what, di what didn't you include? Is there something you can share with us that you, maybe you didn't include? And no, there was so much. Um, There's so many stories of his life and it was kind of just for me, a process of finding the essence of what would, how to bring through the experience of what it's like to be with him. And, you know, he talks about the speaker coming through or these moments where, he kind of gets overtaken by this like inspiration or however you want to understand it. But to me, what I was trying to do with the film was bring through that feeling of being with Dr. Lott in those magical moments mm -hmm. and to capture that somehow. So anything that, and so is a very delicate flow to like kind of build that throughout the film. So there was, you know, so many stories I would have loved to have shared, um, but they just, you know, things take, to tell a story takes a long time, you know, <laughs> most stories. So it was kind of really picking and choosing uh, the moments that would help build that, that sort of Bob uh, space. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there was a, many other stories of Vimalananda. Uh, you mentioned the one of his son with the fever. and. Mm -hmm. um, those are my personal favorite stories of the just kind of magical ones. Um, and I'd read Robert Svoboda's books about Vimalananda long before I had had any contact with Dr. Lod. Mm -hmm. So that was one of the things I was particularly excited about was learning more about Vimalananda. Um, so hearing Dr. Lod tell some of those stories, I also spent a time with Robert Svoboda and Dr. Lod where they were both telling Vimalananda stories together, which was amazing um, that I would have loved to have included more of in the film. But, uh, you know, it's like a really delicate flow trying to build. Um, and the movie already ended up being, I was kind of imagining it in about the 80 minute range and it ended up being in the 90 minute range, which felt nice, but I, I didn't want to push it any farther than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and that's one of the things I also loved about the film was the pace of the film. Um, you know, I, I just think it was, it, there was a poetic kind of energy about it that very similar to like how Dr. Ladd is and his journey coming here. And I really felt that in the pace of the film. It kind of mirrored Dr. Ladd's life to me. It's like almost like that energy is in the energy of your story and the, and the pace of the story. 
beautiful. Yeah, it was that was something I was working really hard to craft, and it was, you know, some ups and downs moments where I wasn't sure that it was really coming through. Um, the music, I think, really helped the pace a lot. Um, There's a woman who did the score, Rachel Grimes incredibly talented and somebody I've been a huge fan of for a very long time so I was excited that she agreed to do the score and that she you know she wasn't familiar with Dr. Lobb when I approached her um, but after watching some footage and um, I think she did some research on her own she really connected with him uh, and I feel like she really helped craft the feeling of that you know just mm-hmm. Uh, she she really helped build the build the space um and the music i think is just gorgeous and it really helps weave you through and kind of bring you through and bring the subtle emotions through and um just a real spirit to it yeah. uh so between the music and the cinematography the the guy who shot a lot of the film with me jimmy ferguson uh i also think just did a beautiful job on a lot of the the I, from the start, I really wanted to have like kind of this feeling of just floating through his world with him, very intimate. Um, you know, when he's with patients, the camera is just kind of like floating gently about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was all to kind of build that, um, just that atmosphere and that feeling of being with him and real intimacy. And I think between Dr. Lodd's just kind of presence and the openness with the the look and the music you just kind of get swept into his world was the was working towards yeah i agree and it's it'll be interesting to hear from people who don't know dr ladd and to see their perspective and see how they feel after the film has dr ladd seen the film he has yeah uh i sent a cut to him he's seen a few edits along the way um, I showed him the first cut a while ago, and um, but when it got when I got to the point where I was pretty sure I was done, want before I went into doing the sound mix and the color correction and everything, I sent a cut for him and Win to watch. Win runs the Ayurvedic Institute with Dr. Lai. He's been working with him a long time, yeah. um, so I sent an edit for the two of them to watch. And they were planning on calling. We had an appointment for them to call me at a certain point when they were done watching it. So I was pretty nervously waiting by the phone, um, you know, hoping he would feel good about what I'd done <laughs> and uh, get a phone call. And it was Dr. Lod and Wynn and his kids and a whole house full of people. And they were all really excited. And Dr. Lod said, it's exquisite. It is elegant. It is divine. Those were the three words he used. <laughs> Oh my that God. was that was a that was a nice moment for me. <laughs> yeah, I bet that's amazing. What you know from the from the time you started not knowing anything about Dr. Ladd really, to when you finished the film, um, what did you? I know we've talked a lot about things that you discovered about Dr. Ladd, but was there anything that kind of took you by surprise? Um, I mean, one thing that. Uh, was just the the humility and just kind of endless fountain of giving from him was continually surprising. Uh, he's just absolutely a hundred percent committed to what he's doing. 
Um, there's, and he's like whatever most people would call personal life is completely woven in with the work he does in a way that uh, I hadn't experienced really with anyone else. They told a story of him, like at one point, I think people insisted that he go on a vacation and they bought him a trip to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was there for a couple of days and it's like, I'm ready to come home and go back to work now. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, he wants to to be with people and uh, teach and treat and heal and help. And that's, that's the air he breathes and what he does. Um, So that was pretty striking to me to just see and feel that in somebody so profoundly um it's very selfless kind of energy and it seems like that's where he feels the most fulfilled you know if that's if he's going on vacation it's like he's choosing to come back and and do what he loves to do it's you know it's it seems like that's not even work for him that's that in in itself his life is a vacation you know it's like he just feels probably i don't know i'm assuming um just from the story that you that you shared you know what a that's that's amazing i i hope that i can one day feel that in my life you know? <laughs> <laughs> um so just a couple more things one is um how can audiences see this film i know you have a screening coming up in philadelphia i think it's april 4th i don't have the date in front of me but i believe that's what it is uh, at the ritz theater um yeah there's a bunch of screenings that are starting to come through the film got picked up for distribution by zeitgeist films who i worked with on my last film one track heart uh which was was really exciting you know they're wonderful they do great work they're very well respected in the film industry uh and it you know gives the film a a real beautiful platform to to move throughout the u.s um so they're starting to book screenings all over the country um we're going to my hometown of louisville kentucky in april on april 12th i think for a screening which is exciting for me um i think we might have a screening in nashville possibly at that time it's playing in jacksonville florida at a film festival at the end of march uh pittsburgh um we've got a little tour of the southwest lined up in May, we're uh, I'll be flying to Sedona, showing the film for two nights there, and then going to Albuquerque on. Oh, let me look at my calendar here. Uh, Albuquerque on May 11th, where Dr. Lott and I will talk after the film. Oh my God, um, I'm gonna come for that. Yeah, <laughs> come out, and then on Saturday, the next night, May 12th in Santa Fe, Dr. Lott and I will go to Santa Fe and show the film there. Um, so this is what I'm really excited for that. This beautiful tour of the Southwest, going to Sedona, Albuquerque, Santa Fe, um, sharing the film with the whole community out in New Mexico. Um, and there's a bunch more screenings lining up. We're working on getting dates set for New York, LA, the Bay Area. Um, awesome. There's probably a bunch of other places I'm forgetting right now, but as soon as you know the details are set, we're trying to get everything up on Facebook as much as we can. and zeitgeist has a website that is zeitgeistfilms.com they have a page for the doctor from india where they're putting all the screenings up with ticket info as it's available 
and we're working on more countries. Um, we got distribution in Germany. I think that we're going to have a screening or two in Cologne when Dr. Lott is in Germany teaching this July. Okay. Um, so he'll be there for that. Uh, we're, you know, we're doing everything we can to, to bring it out. And it feels important to try to get as much of a theatrical experience for people as possible. Um, for me, I, there's nothing compares to seeing a film in community with other people on a big screen with a good sound system. It's such an immersive experience. It's not possible watching it on your laptop. Uh, so whatever extent we're able to, to make that possible, I'm trying to, to get as much of that as we can. Um, Cause it's such a different experience to, you know, just share with a, with a group and, see it in the ideal environment where you can really get swept up into the subtleties. Yeah. So as much as we can get it in theaters, we're, we're working to do that. And anybody who wants to try to book this, get it, organize a screening in their town. Um, Nancy and Emily from Zeitgeist has been great working with people. You know, Larry, the screening in Philadelphia was organized by Larry. Um, so it was him reaching out to them and helping put it together is how that came about. So if people are interested in trying to arrange something in their town it's possible um, I'm definitely up for that I'm waiting to hear back from them and I'd love to support any way that I can here in, in Oakland or the Bay Area and and help with that fantastic so I just want to say thank you so much for making this film and documenting Dr. Ladd's journey I mean and just showing his beautiful soul I think this film is is just such a gift for us, you know, today, but I think it's also going to be a gift for generations to come. And I just want to wish you continued success in your future endeavors. Thank you so much. And thank you for, you know, taking the time and reaching out to chat and help us share the film and getting the word out. It's a, uh, you know, it's a big part of helping us, you know, bring the film to people is, is what you're doing. So it's greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. To find out when the doctor from India is coming to your hometown, visit zeitgeistfilms.com or check out the Facebook page entitled Basant Lod Movie. And if you want to see the trailer or read the interview, check out my website, chitchatchai.com.